0: Hi, and welcome to Urban Waters Speak from the Urban Waters Learning Network. I'm Renee Mazurik, Resilient Communities Manager for River Network and Urban Waters team member. To highlight our network members, we host conversations with water practitioners working to conserve, restore, and revitalize America's urban waterways. We're glad you're here. For this recording of Urban Water Speak, I was able to talk with Candida Rodriguez on August 4th, 2023. Candida is the Director of Community Relations for Groundwork Hudson Valley in Yonkers, New York, where she is responsible for implementing community engagement programs, event organization, and developing public relations strategies. Candida has experience working alongside community members, local nonprofits, international organizations, and government entities. Her expertise expands through climate change policy, gender equality, migration, education, youth development, and poverty reduction. She is passionate about the inclusion of vulnerable and underrepresented populations in decision-making, especially on issues pertaining to environmental justice. It was great talking with her and getting to know more about her and the climate resilience work that she is doing with the community in Yonkers. Keep listening to hear our conversation. Hi, Candida. How are you?
1: Hi, Renee. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Can you tell me about your role at Groundwork Hudson Valley? Of course. So I am the director of community relations and my primary role is to foster and maintain strong relationships between our organization as well as with the communities that we serve. And essentially I work with um, a lot of community members and I engage partners and, and local groups and government bodies in our environmental initiatives. So what this involves is a lot of strategic outreach, a lot of collaboration and communication efforts to promote environmental awareness, as well as participation in our programs and initiatives and ultimately drive positive change in Yonkers, New York. Great,
0: thank you. How long have you been there and how did you personally come into this work?
1: I've been at Groundwork for almost two years now, and um, my journey into this work happens almost by accident. I will go back a little bit into my background. So in college, I had taken some classes in environmental studies, and being a sociology major, my main focus was mainly on community development. And after graduating college, I started working at a nonprofit, actually, um, where I was providing social services to people and businesses in lower Manhattan uh, affected by Hurricane Sandy. And a large part of my role was community outreach. And I learned a ton about disaster recovery. And this is when I was introduced to the term climate resilience. And without knowing, I was beginning to merge into the environmental work I do today. I then went on to work for international nonprofits and organizations across different countries, and I was working with both rural and urban communities in countries like Nicaragua and the Dominican Republic, um, and then later in, in the Pacific, and that's when I saw firsthand how climate change was affecting people on the front lines on a scale that I've never seen before. So really what this has done is motivate me to uplift the voices of people that have been uh, dealing with climate change and other systemic issues and empower them to take action.
0: That's really powerful. What, what, great experience to be able to see this in lots of different um, settings and um, bringing that into your work here in the United States and in New York. um, I know that Groundwork USA has a program called Climate Safe Neighborhoods that brings together 13 Groundwork trusts to explore the relationship between historical race-based housing segregation and the current predicted impacts of climate change. So your organization is one of the trusts in the partnership. Can you tell me more about your involvement in that and why you see it as an important program for groundwork?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what the Climate Safe Neighborhoods Partnership and Initiative has done is essentially allowed us as an organization to come with the data and prioritize our climate resilience efforts, as well as the community engagement in the neighborhoods that need it the most. So we were able to really zero in on where were these pockets of urban heat islands and areas that were experiencing environmental challenges such as extreme heat and flooding, lack of green spaces. And my focus has mostly been to build strong relationships with community members and also our partners. And what that means is that I go out to community events I organize workshops and events to provide information. I try to gather feedback from people and also share tools on how to address these environmental challenges that are affecting people and their neighborhoods. So this is really important because involving the community and and partners is so essential to our work and mission. Uh, What we do is essentially learn from them because they know their communities best and they have unique uh, skill sets that that's important to creating a thriving community. And ultimately what we want is for people that live in these vulnerable areas to be part of the change that, that is either happening or need to happen in their neighborhoods. That is so great. I want to
0: follow up with a little bit more about that community engagement piece. So, as part of the Climate Safe Neighborhoods, Roundwork Hudson Valley created the Climate Safe Yonkers Task Force, and they were instrumental in implementing the Yonkers Climate Action Plan. I, I'd like to hear a little bit more about that. Maybe tell me a little bit about the Climate Safe Yonkers Task Force and that Climate Action Plan. Sure.
1: So, the Climate Uh, Save Yonkers Task Force is a group of about 30 people who we have engaged over a year-long process. And we began by recruiting diverse members uh, within the community. And we were very intentional about wanting a group that represents all members of the community. Therefore, our task force members are people that either live, work um, in Yonkers, and some are high school students, for example. Others are college students or municipal housing residents. Um, We have community activists and artists and organizational leaders. And our goal with this group has been to, one, build resilience, and two, uh, promote action, and overall, Empower power within the community. So over the course of the year, we have worked with the task force to identify and also prioritize the needs of the community based on their lived experiences. And we've explored potential interventions and some strategies around climate resilience and mitigation to address extreme heat and flooding. They were involved in the Uh, Development process of the Yonkers Climate Action Plan, which is the first ever climate action plan developed by the city of Yonkers, where they worked closely with the city government to provide input and feedback and provide their shared experiences in terms of what should be included in this plan and to ensure that this plan is equitable and that it represents the community. And I think that's one of the the key factors to having inclusivity being part of a process. I think it makes us, um, or at least it helps us get closer to finding uh, solutions that are sustainable and that would be effective for a long period of time.
0: So I'm just wondering if, you know, if everybody in this group also gets together to do things that, you know, or maybe not quite, like, always meetings or strict, strictly talking about, you know, the, the task force duties.
1: Yeah, that's a great uh, point. So they do actually, a lot of our task force members volunteer at some of, some of our events, um, when, whenever we have tree plantings or we're removing invasive, invasive species from certain areas, or we have a trash cleanup, for example, A lot of our task force members show up. They they love volunteering. They're really engaged, and whenever we have community events or we're tabling, some of them will even volunteer to table with us and talk about their experience as being you know part of this group, this working group. And I do know of some that have friendships outside of this group and definitely you know go out and hang out and spend time together and have a richer relationship with folks. And I think also what this has provided is for people to, that normally wouldn't operate in the same circles (laughs) to actually get to know each other. You wouldn't think that a municipal housing resident or um, a high school student would get to spend time in a meaningful way with a leader or a director of an organization. So I think this has been really fruitful in that way, and yeah, I, I I love being part of this group and seeing them grow and seeing their relationships blossom.
0: Yeah, I I love when that happens, and you could you get to feel um, a little bit of joy um, in the work that you're doing. I think that it could be a model for a lot of places around the United States. I watched the recent webinar that you were a part of for Urban Water, so thank you for participating there as well. And when you were talking about this Climate Action Plan, you mentioned that, that you felt that this was a systems change, and I'm so interested in systems change. So I'm wondering if you can tell me more about how you envision this change and what that means to you.
1: Yeah, I think it's important to note that part of our larger climate justice effort is to change places or revitalize places that have been historically uh, left out or disinvested in. So that is one of the reasons why we partnered with uh, the Yonkers Housing Authority and uh, a nonprofit um, that deals with affordable housing that's called West Haven to make their properties more climate resilient because we notice that these are where the urban heat islands exist. Um, so that it, it goes to, you know, tying a little bit into the housing elements where um, we are meeting residents where they live and improving their overall quality of life by providing these improvements in their, in their neighborhoods and in their homes because uh, a lot of, our, of the people that we work with live in, in these communities that have been disinvested in, and also these neighborhoods were once formally redlined, meaning that you know, they were systemically left out of the decision-making process, we want to make sure that the community members have a say in what uh, goes on in, in, their, in their homes and their communities, because they have a lot of valuable knowledge and expertise really, and can contribute to the success of these initiatives. they are essential for us uh, to really understand what is happening because they get to live these experiences themselves. And what I mean by systems change is that the people who have been historically uh, left out of the decision-making process, or whose voices have not been heard, are now being included and being heard. Thank you so
0: much. I really love that. And I, I really hope for that change as well. And so a lot of the work that I do for Urban Waters Learning Network, uh, I, I help convene a, a collaborative around equitable development. And this kind of hits that directly. And the work that Groundwork is doing is, is is driving a lot of that. So thank you so much for doing the work. I, I guess I'm, I want to shift a little bit and just ask, you know, what successes have you had recently? Or have you had any challenges that you've learned from and doing this work that you could share with the with the network?
1: Yeah, so um, I mean, one of the successes we've had is the task force, the climate task force, being very active and very involved in the planning and, and that development process of the climate, the Yonkers Climate Action Plan and building these relationships with uh, city officials to make sure that the development of the plan included the people who are most vulnerable to extreme heat and flooding. Another success that I've witnessed personally is seeing how task force members have become advocates for change and how they're now kind of becoming micro-influencers and are, you know, spreading the word, raising awareness and speaking to people about redlining, climate change, um, extreme heat and flooding from their perspectives and encouraging other people to also care about these issues. And ultimately, we hope that it drives significant change within Yonkers. And as for the challenges, I mean, working in an environmental field is always challenging. There's a lot of oftentimes, you know, systemic things uh, and challenges that have happened. So I think dealing with that, uh, learning how to navigate that is a challenge. And I think it will continue to be a challenge, but I am hopeful that what we're doing today is going to ultimately uh, benefit us in the future.
0: Yeah, thanks for, for bringing that up. It is, it is a challenging field to work in and sometimes can be really heavy. So my next question kind of points to um, what keeps you motivated in this work?
1: Yeah, so there is a lot of doom and gloom in the environmental field. There's There's a lot of things that you have to learn how to navigate, both professionally as well as personally, because we are also experiencing climate change ourselves. And, but really what keeps me motivated is that the change I am currently seeing is that people who are not experts in this particular field are talking about technical things like urban heat islands. Climate change is coming up a lot because people are experiencing it and they're seeing a lot more. And I see that those people are, Are really motivated and they really want to make a difference they're investing a lot of their time and efforts in finding solutions as well as like partnering with people who do this work at various different uh levels and I think for me this is one of the things that keeps me motivated and also gives me hope
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. The next question is kind of looking toward the future. Like you're saying, you know, the work that we're doing today hopefully benefits the future. And so what impact would you like to see your organization have in the next few years?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a huge question (laughs) for me. I, I would like to see communities that have been more or less left out. Uh, and just invested in to have a better quality of life. I would also like to see policies that take climate resilience and mitigation into account across all different sectors of, uh, of the economy. And I would like to see these policies have a strong emphasis on inclusivity. I think that's really important. And I think lastly, I would like to see people being engaged and people caring about their, their environment and the places that they live and motivated to act and to empower others as well.
0: That's great. It sounds like the work that you're already doing and, and seeing the results of. And so I only have one more question, and, but do you have any advice to share with others who are engaged in this work?
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that I've learned throughout my experiences, both professionally and personally, and working in this field, is involving the voices of people in the uh, in the margins is really important. Essentially, you know, we have we have to include those who have been historically left out. And not only historically left out but are currently being left out in order for any process or any change to be sustainable and involving engage and engaging the community is really important but one thing that's even more important is actually being intentional about it because this not only empowers people uh but makes them part of the of that process and it allows them to take ownership of the changes that are going to be carried out or are currently being carried out. And I think that's really important. And this happens across the board. I think for for any organization or entity to actually be successful, uh, it is important to have an inclusive process for people to make decisions.
0: I really want to thank you for being a part of the Urban Waters Learning Network and for sharing your insights and your expertise with us today, Candida.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This has been great.
0: Well, that wraps up my conversation with Candida. I loved hearing about her work with community members in the task force, their involvement in the development of the City of Yonkers Climate Action Plan, and The relationships that they've been able to build along the way. Find out more information about Candida and Groundwork Hudson Valley at www.groundworkhv.org and look for more urban waters resources at www.urbanwaterslearningnetwork.org. We are the initiative funded by EPA's Urban Waters Program and co-coordinated by Groundwork USA and River Network. Thanks so much for listening, This is Renee signing off and wishing you well.